Bibles this morning and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> I've heard a variation of that song. Where he, where he leads me, I will follow, and what he feeds me, I will swallow. <laughs> I don't remember where I heard that. Might have been some kid came up with it, but... Uh, <clears throat> but that's that's not too bad either. <laughs> when he feeds me, we ought to swallow and just appreciate it. Second Corinthians chapter four. Let's stand together, if you would. If your neighbor does not have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you. Second Corinthians chapter four, and uh, look in verse sixteen. Let's read verse sixteen out loud together in unison. Let's read together. For which cause we... Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, okay? Verse 16, and a one, and a two, okay? For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for... The opportunity to be in church this morning. Thank you for the liberty and the freedom that we have in this country to do so. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to exercise that liberty so that uh, we don't take it for granted and so that it can be retained. We, we pray, Father, that you would bless this time in your word. And we're so thankful for the word of God that you've given to us. We ask God that you'd speak to us through your word, may your spirit apply the word of God in each and every one of our individual hearts. And God, as you apply it and as you show us things, Lord, may we respond and say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The verse says that uh, our inward man is renewed day by day. There is no such thing as you get a, you know, you get an injection of spirituality and it lasts you for a week. Uh, it's, a, it's a day by day process. And there's a lot of, a lot of emphasis in the, in the scriptures about, about living for God daily and about just day by day living out the Christian life. There's a song that we sing. Uh, around here day by day and with each passing moment. Well, that's exactly how God expects us to live is day by day. And, but in, in doing so, it's so important for us to understand what our responsibilities are. Uh, we need to know what is expected of us day by day. And I realize I'm speaking to some people that have been saved for years and years and years, other people that have not been saved for very long, and then there's a bunch in between. Uh, but this is something that I have found for myself that I just need to constantly be reminded of, that I have some responsibilities that God expects of me on a day-by-day -day basis. Um, you know, when uh, back years ago, I uh, administered a Christian school out in, out in Green Bay. And uh, it, was a, it was an accelerated Christian education school. And it was more than just a curriculum. It was, it, it was really, uh, it was a curriculum, but it was a system. And, yet, and if you went by the system, the curriculum would work. And if you didn't go by the system, the curriculum wouldn't work. Every, every year, every summer, 
uh, for the years that that uh, I was I was there and and administrated the school. Uh, every summer, I would get out the uh, the uh, the manual, the administrator's manual, and go through it from the front to the back. Why? Because I needed to be reminded of all the things that I was supposed to do. And oftentimes what I found was that uh, we let some things slip through the cracks through, through the year. And, uh, and so I, I needed to be reminded of those things so that we could, we could tighten things up. Well, that's the purpose of this message this morning is just to remind you of some things. A daily maintenance in the Christian life is absolutely essential. And it, it's you know you don't just you don't just put on the uh, uh, put on the the power and put on the steam and put on the the intensity uh, during special meetings or when there's a crisis or when there's difficulty in your life. Uh, it's something that we these are some things we need to be conscious of and consciously doing on a day-by-day -day basis. Uh, we it, it kind of works both ways, and we're gonna we're gonna look at, at our responsibilities, and then we're going to spend just a few moments looking at some of the things that God promised to do for us daily. So we're going to look at our responsibilities and God's responsibilities. And for the first responsibility uh, that, that I want us to look at this morning, go to Psalm 61. Psalm 61. In Psalm 61... Look with me down in verse, verse 8. Some responsibilities that we have. And we have these before God and we have these on a, on a daily basis. Uh, Psalm 61, 8 says, so will, so will I sing praise unto thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. Daily perform my vows. One of the things that uh, Christians need to do is to make promises to God. And, and that's part of the reason for the invitation that we give at the end of, of services is so that after hearing something and God convicting your heart about something, you come, to, you come to the altar and you spend some time, personal time with God, and uh, you make a determination of what's going to change. And that's a, that's a vow, that's a promise, that's a commitment that we make to God. And uh, what the psalmist says was that uh, he wanted, he had a desire to daily perform his vows before God. We need to, when we, when we make promises, just right straight across the board, when we make promises, we ought to be as good as, as our word. One of, the, one of the characteristics of a heathen nation is they are constant liars. And what has, what has really crept into America is that America has become a nation of liars. May that not be you, you as a Christian. Uh, when, when you say you're going to do something straight across the board, whether it be to God or anybody else, uh, you ought to perform that which you, you say that you're going to do. But there are different kind of, of vows that we can, we can make to God. For instance, uh, we can make a, a vow that says, well, if you do this, then I will do that. And I don't mean where you're bribing God. I'm not talking about that at all. But uh, oftentimes we'll, we'll pray prayers like, Lord, if you open the door, if you cause this to happen, if you give me the opportunity, 
I will do such and such, okay? That's a, that's a, that's a definite vow. In other words, uh, you're saying, God, if you do this, then I will do this specific thing. Uh, maybe you get convicted about Bible reading, and so you say, God, I'm going to read my Bible X number of minutes or X number of pages every single day. Perform that vow. Be reminded of that vow, and daily uh, labor and, and uh, uh, intend to keep that vow. Then there's, then there's another kind of vow that, that says, uh, if you do such and such, and then the then is a little bit more ambiguous. Like, for instance, when uh, Jephthah made a vow, and unfortunately it was a stupid vow, it was a dumb vow, it was in the book of Judges, and he so wanted the approval of his brothers uh, that uh, he, he made a, a very foolish vow. And his vow was, uh, Lord, if you give me the victory, the first thing that walks out of my house, now why in the world he said that, I, I don't know. The first thing that walks out of my house, I will sacrifice to you. Well, that's kind of, a, that's kind of an ambiguous vow from the standpoint of, of you don't know what's going to walk out of the house. Be careful of, of, of uh, the kind of vows that you make. Uh, make vows. I, I encourage it. You know, I've heard people say, well, you know, the Bible says it's better not to vow a vow than to vow a vow and not pay. So I'm not going to I'm not going to tell God I'll do anything. Well, that's really that's really honoring to God. Uh, but but what what you should do is think through your vow. You know, if he just stopped and thought for a minute, you know, what what normally comes out of your house, Jephthah, horses, you know, cows, uh, pigs, uh, what, you know, chickens, uh, what comes out of your house? Usually it's people that come out of a house. And uh, he ended up sacrificing his daughter as a result of that thing. But, uh, but there are, there are open-ended vows. And then there's, there's, there's vows uh, like the one that Hannah made in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 11, where she said, if you, if, if God, if you do this for me, if you give me a son, I will turn around and give that son back to you and I'll dedicate his life to you. And that's exactly what she did. And God gave her, gave her Samuel and she gave Samuel back. Uh, but uh, but, but she, she made the decision to pay the vow that was, that was vowed. Um, there's, a, there's a vow over in Numbers chapter 6, uh, verses 2 through 21. We won't look at it but right, right now, but it's a Nazarite vow. And it was a vow of separation unto God. And it was, based, it was based on a demand of God, but it was a voluntary type of, of thing where, where God said, listen, if you're going to take the Nazarite vow, this is the way you need to do it. But if you choose not to take that vow, then you choose not to do it. So it's, it's basically, it's your choice. Um, decisions that we make, uh, we should not make ever make them flippantly. We ought to be serious about any decisions that we make to God. And when we make promises, we ought to daily fulfill those promises to God. Then the, another, another thing we need to do daily, go to Psalm 86, over just a little bit, a few pages. Psalm 86. Psalm 86, verses 1 through 3, says, Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy, preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful 
unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. This is a cry for mercy. And honestly, we need God's mercy every single day. Now, your whole Christian life started with a cry for mercy. Uh, if, if you're saved this morning, it's because one day you realized that you were a sinner. And because you're a sinner, you realized that that sin had to be paid for. And that the way that it would be paid for, if all natural things just happened and, and there was no intervention, you would die and go to hell for all eternity. You saw that, you saw your own lostness, and you, you turned to Jesus Christ. Not only did you believe on Christ, you believed on his death and his burial, on his resurrection for the salvation of your soul and the forgiveness of sins, but you, you also realized you're coming to a merciful God. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, you look at all the different types and kinds of people that have come through this world, there isn't a one of them that Christ didn't die for. Christ died for every single one of them. Now, not all of them are in heaven today that have, that have since passed because we all have a choice. And our choice is to accept or reject Jesus Christ as Savior. And uh, if you don't actively accept him, you are automatically by default uh, rejecting him as your savior. And so, uh, but when a person comes, comes to God and believes on him, you're not, you're not asking for justice. <laughs> not far from it. You're asking for mercy. You're asking for mercy. And, uh, and the, the day that I trusted Christ, when we were singing that song, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. You know why? Because mercy was applied. And, uh, and he showed mercy to, to me. Uh, we cry out for mercy for different things. Go back to that Psalm, Psalm 86. Look down at verse 5. For thou, God, uh, thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Uh, we cry out to mercy for, for forgiveness. Now, you did that the day you got saved. And if you're not saved, let me just say, uh, if you've not actively done that, if you can't look back to a time in your life where you realize you were a sinner on your way to hell and the only way you could go to heaven was by, by repenting and turning to Jesus Christ and believing on him and asking him to be merciful to you. Now, I'm not saying you had to say all those exact words, but that had to be the, that had to be the state of your heart. That had to be the state of your heart. Uh, you know, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. And it's so, so vital that we understand that when we come to Christ for salvation, we do not come for what we deserve. We come for what we do not deserve at all. And we ask God to forgive us and to give us eternal life. But then on a day-by-day -day basis for fellowship with God, we need to cry out to him for mercy for our sins on a daily basis and for forgiveness. Down in verse 13, he says, uh, For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. Um, and, and again, that's, that's thanking God for the, the mercy that he showed to you. Uh, so, so many times in my Christian life, I've just gone to God and said, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for showing mercy to me. Down in verse uh, 16, 
It says, uh, Oh, turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give me the, give, give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thine handmaid. Um, we need to have strength. We need to have strength every single day. And uh, uh, when we ask for mercy, we ask for mercy so that we, we can get strength. Um, why? Because in and of yourself, you don't have what it takes to make it through the rest of this day. In and of yourself, you don't have what it takes to make it through this next week. You have absolutely no idea what you're heading for this week. You have absolutely no idea what the rest of this year holds for you. And I don't either. I don't, I don't claim to have any, any, any special, special knowledge uh, on that line. But what do we need? Well, we need strength because we're naturally weak. And the moment you think you're naturally strong, you won't ask for, for strength. You won't ask for mercy in that area. And that's where we fall into, into trouble. Uh, also in, in verse 16, he says, uh, uh, strength unto thy servant and save the son of thine handmaid. That's talking about, that's not talking about eternal salvation. It's talking about temporal deliverance. It's talking about the, the deliverance that the, the way that God comes through and is strong on our behalf on a daily basis. And then down in verse 17, he says, show me a token for good that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed because thou, Lord, hast hope in me and comforted me. You need encouragement from God. And uh, we ought to be asking God for encouragement on a regular basis, not only just for ourselves, but can I tell you, we need, to, we need to be asking God to encourage others. When you know someone is going through some struggles, you know someone is going through a difficult time, spend some time during that day and, and uh, go to the throne of God on their behalf. You know as well as I do that when, when you are in a pressure cooker type situation, that uh, in, in most, if not all of you, have gone through it at one time or another. Uh, it's all been varied, but we're talking about, you know, where the pressure's really on. I, I don't know about you, but oftentimes I don't think straight. And, uh, and I often don't, don't even think to, to ask God for encouragement. And I don't even think to ask God for some of these things that we talked about that uh, come from mercy. Um, you know, we have a responsibility to do that for each other. And what a privilege that is. Uh, this morning, I prayed for some preachers this morning and, and uh, uh, in, in, my, in my prayer time, and I prayed for some preachers, some of them I haven't seen for a long time, but God just seemed to lay them, lay them on my heart and uh, prayed for them and for encouragement. There's one, one young fella who pastors out in the country. Uh, he's, you know, he's really not around much of anybody. There's not a whole lot of outward encouragement. And the Lord just laid upon my heart to pray for him that, that he would get the encouragement that he needs from God. And we need that encouragement. We get that when God shows us his mercy. Another thing that we need to do daily, go to Proverbs 8. Proverbs chapter 8. These are just little reminders of things that ought to be on our heart and in the forefront of our minds it comes to our daily duties before God. Chapter 8 and verse 34 says, Blessed is the man that heareth me 
watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. Now, when it says watching daily at my gates, this whole chapter is a personification of wisdom. And uh, wisdom is crying out. And the, the, the proverb ends with, blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. Uh, daily, we need to get wisdom. Daily, we need to ask God for wisdom. In case you haven't noticed, our world's getting complicated. In case you haven't noticed, things aren't going too well. Not just, not just in the United States. I mean around the world. You think we've got lockdowns here. Uh, foreign countries uh, are giving out citations to people when they just step out of their house if they're not going to work or whatever. Um, th there's, there's just uh, all kinds of problems. And you know, you know what it is? The, you know what the bottom line is? I was talking to somebody about this. In fact, I was talking to several somebodies about this uh, this last week. Sin always complicates things. Whether it be for an individual, whether it be for a family, whether it be for a church, whether it be for a state or a nation, sin gets in there and it never makes things simpler. Okay? It never, it never makes things easier. It always makes things more, more difficult. And the truth of the matter is, our world is more difficult today. Uh, society is more difficult today. Well, I, I'm not saying that to be fatalistic. I'm just telling you, you need wisdom. I need wisdom on a day-by-day -day basis. And we need to cry out to God and ask Him to give us that, that wisdom. Uh, there's, there's different uh, sources that we can get wisdom from. Uh, for instance, you can get wisdom in prayer. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. You can get wisdom from the Bible. And uh, that's the reason why it's so important to read your Bible every day. Your thoughts are not his thoughts, and his thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways, and your ways are not his ways. And so we got to get straightened out. we got to think right. And the way you think right and, and wisely is going to the Word of God. Um, we need to go to others with, with uh, understanding. Uh, take Proverbs, go to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs 10, look in verses uh, 13 and 31. Verse 13 says, A, a talebearer revealeth secrets. I know, wrong one. Hang on, let me get on the right chapter. 10, 13 and 31. Okay. Uh, he that winketh with the eye causeth sorrow, but a prating fool shall fall. Uh, that's verse 10. Verse 11, the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Go down to verse 31. It says, the mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the, the froward tongue shall be cut out. Uh, go to others that have understanding and get that wisdom. Uh, you're, you're, you're facing something you've never faced before. Uh, get some counsel. Uh, go, to some, go to people that you trust. Go to people that have, have uh, possibly been down the road you're about to go down. And get, get that wisdom from them. Um, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10 says, With a well-advised uh, is wisdom. With a well-advised is wisdom. Uh, make sure that the advice that you get is good advice. Um, the fear of the Lord, Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
And uh, as, as we fear the Lord, God gives us wisdom. Proverbs 11, verse 2 says, with the lowly is wisdom. By the way, God doesn't give proud people wisdom. If you get prou proud and you, you think you've got the answers, uh, God will just let you go ahead and wallow in your own stupidity. <laughs> but, but the truth is, he wants to give you wisdom, but he gives wisdom to the lowly. He gives wisdom to the humble. Uh, Proverbs chapter 18. Look with me there, if you would. Proverbs 18. Look down at verse 4. It says, The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters, and the wellspring of wisdom as, as a flowing brook. In other words, uh, other people will have some wisdom that, that you need. Stop and listen to them. Don't be so in, you know, involved in, and interested in always interjecting what you know. Stop and listen to what other people have to say. And it's amazing what you'll learn. And then Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23. Look down in verse 4. Proverbs 23, 4. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. You get wisdom when you just stop thinking your own thoughts and your own ways. And uh, the Bible says, lean not upon your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Wisdom. Something that we, we need to actively be asking God for and seeking for on a, on a daily basis. Because, again, you never know what, what in the world is going to uh, be on your path as you go around the next corner. Then go to Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah 58. One of the... I've been doing this for years. Oftentimes, uh, when... Uh, we pray together as a family uh, and, and pray, uh, pray at, at meals. <clears throat> it's usually in the evening. And we've all got different things that are planned. You know, I'll have something planned and John will have something planned. Debbie will have something planned. Joy will have something planned. And when we had all the kids there, you know, we were all going our separate ways. But one of the things that I've, I've, I've often at supper, ask God to do for us for the, the rest of the evening. And I do this oftentimes in the morning as well. It's just uh, ask the Lord, Lord, help, help me to keep you in the forefront of my thoughts. Help, you, help me to just keep you in the forefront. Because you know what we do? We have a tendency to just push God back. And we go trudling down the, down the strass in our own ways. And, uh, and, and there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Uh, we do so, and I, I, don't, I don't think it's, a, it's not necessarily a purposeful thing. It just happens, but it happens because we don't on purpose try to put God in the forefront of our, of our mind and thoughts. Isaiah 58, look down at verse 2. It says, yet they, they seek me daily. And delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. He starts out that verse by saying, yet they seek me daily. Daily we need to, to seek God. Don't just wait 
until trouble comes. Don't wait until a tragedy hits. Don't wait until the pressure is there. Start seeking God throughout the day and consciously uh, bring your, you know, your, your thoughts back to where God is in the forefront of, of your thoughts. Uh, one of the things that, that uh, Isaiah said, he says, delight uh, to know my ways, or God said, uh, was that they delighted to know his ways. Delight to know his ways. You, you want to know the ways of God. You want to see his hand in your life. You have that desire. And, and what this comes from, it, it, it'll come from this. You have no greater need, but you need to realize it. There's no greater need you have than God. You might need money. You might need time. You might need somebody to be patient with you. You might need a lot of things. You might need to be rescued from, from a particular situation or maybe a particular person. You know how that goes. But uh, what you really need is God. And that should always be at the it's a, it's a It's a mindset. It's a mindset that we need to have daily that our greatest need is him over in john 15 i'm constantly reminded god probably uses this verse uh, over and over and over again uh, i wouldn't say it's the one he uses the most but it's one he uses an awful lot for me and that's when jesus told his disciples without me ye can do what nothing, nothing. but honestly do we live like that or are there times when our actions, our attitudes, and our mindset basically says, Lord, I really don't need you for this. But that isn't what the Scripture says. Scripture says, without him, ye can do nothing. We can do nothing without him. And when you have that mindset, it makes a difference. I mean, you look for God in every situation, in every circumstance. Um, and you realize the greatest need is him. Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first. It's got to be a priority. It's got to be in the forefront. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The next thing that, that we need to do daily, go to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. And in Luke 9, look with me down in verse 23. Luke 9, 23. Jesus is speaking and he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It's not something you just do one time and it's over with. It's, it's something that we need to do day by day. Uh, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Uh, why is that? Because the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit lusteth against the flesh daily. And there are opportunities to do wrong daily. Uh, we, need, we need to keep our, our heart right, and we need to do so by, by denying ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow Him. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, you find over in Romans chapter 7, we won't go there, but it's Romans 7, verses 18 through 25. 
it's good from time to time, I think, to go to Romans 7, 18 through 25 and read that just to be reminded of the fact of sometimes how confusing life can be. If there was ever anybody that, that you would think would have their act together, it would be the Apostle Paul. I mean, he was, I believe he was an organized man. I believe he was a purposeful man. Uh, you know, he made statements like, this one thing I do. Uh, he, he knew what he wanted to do. He had some goals in life, and he accomplished those goals. At the end of his life, he says, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. My course, I've kept the faith. And, and he, basically what he's saying is the goals that I had, I did. But here's what he says in, in verses 18 through 25. Of, of the book of Romans chapter 7. He's basically saying there is a constant battle. The things I would not, I do, and the things that, that I, I do, I would not. Uh, he, he's saying that there's, there's a constant fight, a constant battle going on there. Well, because of that, then you have to, you have to make a resolution to follow the Lord daily. It's a daily thing. Um, there is no such thing as a one-time decision for all eternity other than salvation. Salvation, yes. But when it comes to the Christian life on a day-by-day -day basis, you know, you don't come to the altar and it's, it, it, the battle's over, okay? It's done. No, 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 no. It's a day-by-day -day thing. And, and, you know, that's the problem with folks that live from special meeting to special meeting or from high point in my life to high point in my life. Uh, listen, there's a whole lot of valleys there, <laughs> whole lot of valleys there. And we need to daily pick up our cross and follow him. Uh, go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And this one is, is so, so necessary. Acts chapter 2. Uh, let's see. Look with me down in verse 46. Acts 2, 46. This is after the day of Pentecost. This is the church at Jerusalem. Brand new baby church. Thousands of people got saved and got baptized in one day. And in verse 46, it says, And they continuing daily with one accord, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart that's talking about being in one accord with other believers by the way uh anytime that there is this kind of stuff going on between any of us we ought to do everything we can to resolve that thing if it means swallow pride, swallow pride. If it means step back, step back. If it means shut up, shut up. But we, we need to, if we don't value that, we won't do any of those things. But we need to value it. Take your Bibles and turn with me to, and, and that's one of the things they saw in that church. Um, go with me over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. First three verses of Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, verse 1. says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, Paul speaking, uh, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Now, notices, notice verses 2 and 3. With all lowliness, that's an attitude, 
meekness, that's an attitude, with long-suffering, that's a, a, an attitude and a mindset, uh, forbearing one another in love, not lacking horns, not going to battle, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring. You know what that means? It's work. <laughs> it's work. It's not something that just happens. You have to do it on purpose. But you've got to have uh, the, 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 that attitude and that mindset on a daily basis. It needs, it needs to be done daily. And not only do I need to monitor my relationship with God daily, but I, I need to monitor my relationship with other believers. I, first of all, my family. Absolutely. And then secondly, uh, others that are saved, in particular, church members. And we need to, we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're there in unity and being an encouragement and being a help to one another. And that kind of takes me to the next point. Go to Hebrews 3. And again, notice this isn't just when you come to church, although when you come to church, this is one of the things we're supposed to do. But in Hebrews chapter 3, and verse 13, it says, and this is speaking to believers, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Um, we need to exhort others. We need to exhort one another daily. To exhort means to lift up, means to encourage, means to help. It means to be, be, be you know, look to be a blessing. There's a, a song, I think it's in our songbook, uh, Grant, do we have that song, Make Me a Blessing? Is that in our book? I don't know if it is or not. I know I've sung it before, and I think I've even sung it here. But, uh, but uh, uh, that's the mindset we need to have, is a mindset of, of make me a blessing to somebody, be an encouragement, be a help, particularly uh, to, to other believers. Um, if you don't do that, the warning is you'll, be, you'll harden your hearts. And not only will your heart harden, but so will other people's hearts harden. So we need to be looking for ways that we can exhort. And uh, uh, when, we, when we stop exhorting, what we become is very self-centered and, and self-concerned. And that's not a good thing. We desperately need one another. We desperately need to look for... Listen, we're living in a, in a day and age... Well, there's all kinds of tools out there that we can use to exhort one another. Uh, you can use texting. You can use email. You can use, uh, you know, you can use FaceTime. You can use regular mail. You can use the telephone. Uh, yeah, you actually use that thing in your pocket for a telephone from time to time. But uh, you can use the telephone. Uh, we need to be looking for ways to exhort one another. I can't tell you how many times, and it hasn't, it hasn't happened a, a whole lot, but it's happened often enough, and it always happens just at the right time. I'll get a text. I'm praying for you. Just out of the blue from somebody. Sometimes it's people here, sometimes people not here. Uh, but just get, a, just get a text. I'm praying for you. Man, what a blessing that is. Uh, I, have, I, have, uh, I had this happen within the last few weeks. Um, and, and it just seems to be happening more and more all the time. 
It's probably because they know me too well and they know how badly I need prayer. But uh, I've had people that, that, I, that I possibly haven't even seen for a while and they say, you know what? I pray for you often. Whew. Man, does that encourage me? Does that exhort me? When we need to look for ways daily, every day, to be a blessing and be an exhortation to someone. Last thing, Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. These are things that we need to do daily. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 down to verse uh, 42. Acts 5, 42. Uh, well, go up to verse, verse 40. And, and to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. What did they do daily? They spoke of the Lord. They witnessed. They looked for opportunities to be a witness and a testimony. They did so through, through direct witnessing. They did so through praise. They did so through teaching. They did so publicly. They did so privately. But, but they were daily looking for opportunities. And daily it's our responsibility to, to do so. Jesus said that we're two things in this world. We're, we're light and we're salt. And if the salt loses its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Well, uh, we're, we're light if we open our mouths and speak and, and tell people about Jesus Christ. And again, it doesn't always have to be a you know, Romans road witness. Sometimes it's just praising God out in public. It's easy to do it in here, you know? And we're all friends and neighbors, okay? But you go on out there. And it's, it's a whole different story, but it's necessary. It's actually, it's, it's necessary here, but can I tell you, it's really necessary out there. And we need, to, we need to be speaking daily of Jesus Christ to others. Well, quickly, let's just look at, I'm just, we're just going to look at three things that God says that he does daily for us. And I love this. Uh, Psalm 89. These, are, these are, are things, three things. God does daily. He does it for you. He does it for me. If you're saved, uh, you, you've got this every day. Uh, Psalm 68 and verse 19. Psalm 68, verse 19. says, Blessed is the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Now, again, it's talking to people that are saved. And the truth of the matter is, even if you're not saved, even if you're lost, he loads you with benefits. He lets you breathe. He lets you live. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's allowed you to have sustenance. Uh, but, but particularly for the saved person, I love that word, loaded. <laughs> you know, we're, we're loaded with benefits. And, and uh, yet oftentimes we just, we just don't recognize them. Uh, Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 23, uh, 22 and 23 says, uh, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every 
morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God's faithful to you every day. That's a blessing. Uh, God is merciful to you every day, and his mercies are new, and his mercies are fresh. Second thing God does is uh, he provides for us. Luke chapter 11, verse 3, this is often called the Lord's Prayer. In reality, it's the, the, the Lord's uh, outline of prayer to the disciples. It's really the disciples' prayer, not the Lord's Prayer. But the Lord's Prayer is found in John 17. But uh, in, in this prayer, Luke eleven three. He starts off in one of the, one of the first things that, that uh, he tells us to ask for. Give us this day our daily bread. You know what? God has answered that prayer over and over and over and over and over. And, and uh, God continually and on a day-by-day basis provides for us. He didn't say, give us this day our monthly bread or give us this day our yearly bread. Give us this day our daily bread. You have a God that daily watches over you. Uh, in uh, the Old Testament, when they got manna from heaven, that manna came down. And manna just simply means, what is it? Because they never saw anything like that before. And uh, they, they, except for Friday, because Saturday was the Sabbath and they weren't to do any work, Friday they got double the amount. But every other day, they got just what they needed for the day. And that was it. And that's how God takes care of us. But understand, he does that. That means he's interested in you. That means he's interested in me. I don't understand that. I, I just, I don't get it. Why, why in the world? I mean, I know me too well. Why in the world would God be interested in me? But he is. And I'm thankful that he is. And, uh, and, and day by day, he takes care of our needs. And then, then the last thing. Uh, go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, look down with me in verse 47. Last verse of the, of the, the chapter. Acts 2, 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Now, he's doing that all over the world. And he's, he, he, he may not do that uh, you know, in, in your circle every single day, but he has the desire to do that. And, and why did he do that? Well, one of the reasons why is because they were doing what they're supposed to. And so what God was doing was blessing their efforts. You know, uh, this year we're gonna, have a, we're gonna have a missions conference. We haven't had one in about two years. And uh, I think missions is so vital and so important for this church because we have a responsibility to the world. We can't go everywhere, but we have a responsibility. And, and as we help others go around the world, uh, we give God an opportunity to bless because daily he wants to do something. Daily he wants to, to, to bless our efforts and, and to, to not only see people saved, but see people grow in Christ and be a blessing and a help one to another. And so there are things that we're supposed to do. There's things that God will do. And we only looked at three. There's a whole bunch of other things that God does for us. But daily, these three things, he loads us with benefits, he provides our needs, and he blesses our efforts. If we daily do what we're supposed to do, and, and fulfill our responsibility. Just one last thought 
before we have the invitation, and that's this. 2 Corinthians chapter two and, uh, 6 and verse 2 says, Behold, now is the accepted time. In other words, today. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You might be here, you might be on the internet this, this morning, and you're hearing this message, and you're not saved. Can I ask you a question? Why not? Why not? You know what? You're not promised. You're not promised tomorrow. But you do have today. And that verse says, today is the day of salvation. Boy, won't you, won't you realize that you're a sinner on your way to hell and that you desperately need mercy. You desperately need a Savior. You desperately need your sins forgiven. And you'll trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Do it. Don't wait till tomorrow. Do it today. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning about those things that we've heard. There, there, may, be, there may be many people on the sound of my voice right now that have not yet trusted Christ as Savior. I don't understand that. I scratch my head. Uh, you so love the world that you gave your only begotten son. And there are people that have heard it over and over and over and over and over again, but just don't do anything about it. Just don't believe. I don't get it. They're taking a chance every single day of possibly dying and going to hell for all eternity. What a terrible thing when it's not necessary because Jesus Christ died for their sins. And then, Lord, I pray you not only work on their hearts, but work on our hearts, those of us that are saved. Uh, Lord, help us to glom on to something that we heard this morning that maybe we're getting a little weak in. Things that we're supposed to do daily. Maybe it's a whole bunch of stuff. Well, then I would encourage, Lord, that you just impress a particular thing on each of our hearts and uh, help us to work on that one. That, uh, that we might daily put a smile on your face, that we might daily bring you pleasure, that we might daily have you in the forefront of our hearts and minds. God, living for you is a day-by-day -day venture. God, help us to, to give you honor and glory every day through our lives. Bless this invitation, speak to hearts, and minister, please, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.